is Street Sidewalk Fakes. It's a podcast about urban fantasy. Yes. And today, our topic of interest is Ilona Andrews. Yeehaw. Yes. So what are we talking about? Well, we're talking about how awesome Ilona Andrews is and just like kind of more about her slash them. Uh, I'll get into that. Yeah. (laughs) They have a bunch of cool books. Um, so, Elona Andrews is actually a pen name for a couple. It's a man and a woman who are married to each other, but they took the woman's name as their pen name, which I think is great. Yeah, it's super cool. Um, well, historically, yeah. they, they usually like, no, no one wants to read stuff by women, so we'll do the man's name. But in this case, they did the opposite, so woohoo! Yay! Yeah, it is a move forward. Yeah. I think it's also... Um, because uh, there's a lot of woman authors in urban fantasy. Yeah. I feel like it's one of the few uh, genres where people would rather read stuff written by a woman than a man. Like, I'm, yeah. Like, not all people, because some people are very weird. <laughs> but, but I mean, it, yeah, if you talk about, like, all the top names, like, in, in urban fantasy, most of the time the top names are all ladies. Yeah, that's true. Um, the only case that I can personally think of that wouldn't be, that is the opposite of that is, you know, Jim Butcher. But, but that's one. That's and one. That's like the rest of them are, the rest of them are not. That's not how it is. Yeah, the rest of them probably shouldn't be allowed anywhere near a female character. Oh, you mean there's more male authors in urban fantasy? Yes. Oh. A lot okay. of them are bad, but. That could that could be another day. Back That's to- the only name that I know of. <laughs> this just goes to show. Anyway, back to our topic. So, um, we're starting with Ilona Andrews because it's a power power couple and like one of the powerhouses of urban fantasy in our humble opinion. Yeah. Um, so, Ilona Andrews has four series, uh, and I think most of them are ongoing, except for one. Um, so there's the Hidden Legacy. Yeah, the Hidden Legacy is um, different from a lot of her other novels because uh, uh, it's m- much more a romance novel than it is an urban fantasy series, in my personal opinion. It's still very like urban fantasy, but it's not in the fantasy science fiction section of the book. It's in the, it's in the romance novel section. And there's reasons for that. There's reasons for that. Yeah. Like, there's actually a lot of urban fantasy novels that yet just get put into the romance section because their focus is romance, not the urban fantasy. Um, there's also the Innkeeper Chronicles, uh, and there's the Kate Daniel series. Yeah. This is kind of the, the biggest series. There are 15 books in this series, um, and it's still four, going. Yeah, yeah, four of which I apparently don't own yet. Well, or they're hitting, or hiding. Or they're hiding from me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's the novel that she's... That's the, her first series. Yeah, I think so. Yes. And then the other book series, which is The Edge. Um, that one's also slightly more towards the romance side than um, the urban fantasy side. Um, but it follows... We'll, we can talk about that later. Yeah. But so yeah, the, then they also have some short stories and anthologies out apart from the novels. Um, but yeah, let's let's talk about The Edge, since it's, as far as I know, the only complete series. Yeah, so The Edge is different from 
the other series because uh, it actually follows a romance novel format while still being a urban fantasy series. Okay. So a lot of things that romance novels will do, an author will say, I have this world, I've already made the rules for this world, and then every single subsequent book is just going to be focusing on different characters from that world. Like, uh, for example, Julia Quinn with her Bridgerton Smythe Smythe series, they're all focused on different characters because basically you have to do a romance every single book. Yeah, I, ha- um, I haven't read this series. So. Yeah, it's, it's a romance novel series. Um, but Please co- continue talking. Yeah. <laughs> so, so like um, the Edge series does that kind of thing where every single book had, focuses on a different couple. That's really interesting, actually. Maybe yeah. I should finish reading this. Maybe series. you should. Yeah, so, um, so it, this all takes place in the same world. The rules are established, and a little bit more of, every, of that world is revealed in every single book, because they're like, obviously, we want to keep talking more about it, what goes on in this world. We want to show more cool stuff. Um, but rather than actually being like a strict of romance, it does, I feel like it does fall, fall more loyally into the urban fantasy genre than the straight-up romance. Okay. So what's this world? What's this world like? So the reason why it's called The Edge is because in this world that Alona Andrews have set up, uh, has set up, uh, there's three distinct worlds that the uh, story takes place. There's the mundane world, there's the magical world, and then there's The Edge. This is why it's called The Edge series. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because The Edge is where the magical world and the mundane world intersect and kind of live together. Okay. Yeah. So, and that's where most of the action takes place. So, like, in the mundane world, they have no idea that magic exists. They're all non-magical, whatever. The magic world has is, like, a separate country from the magical world. Like, there's, it's kind of like, from the mundane world, it's, like, separate dimensional-wise. Like, you cross over, and, and it's, like, a completely different world that you kind of have to, like, drive through and go, ah. Like Narnia. Yeah. Um, but it For had, adults. <laughs> yes. Sure. Um, and the edge is where people who have magic, who are not very strong with magic, can live. Because basically, if you live in the, in the magical world, your magic has to be like super, super cool, awesome, or else you die. Mm, um, sucks. Yeah. Or and if you live in the magical world, in the non-magical world, you have no idea magic exists, and there's you don't have any magic. Um, so generally people who live on the edge are people whose magic is weak enough that they can just kind of cross through to the mundane world without, like, suffering horrible, horrible pain. Okay. Do yeah. they get, like, are there issues where, like, oh, someone in the mundane world noticed that you have magic. Time to burn them. No, actually. Yeah. Not that I remember. Okay. Cool. Well, that's cool. So that's, that's interesting. Um, yeah. The the other one of the other series, Kate Daniels series. This uh, is yes. this is the juicy. I mean, they're all juicy, but this is you know it's got fifteen books, so there's you know a lot more in them just because there's more of them. A lot more meat. Yeah, slash tofu. If you're totally meat. If, you, if, you, if you're vegan, yes. <laughs> that juicy, 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 juicy tofu. Excellent. Um, so, Kate Daniels follows a. It starts with, I think, Magic Bite. Is this the first yeah, book? Yeah, yeah. so it starts, with, it starts with Magic Bites, and 
the world in uh, in this series is that Kate Daniels is a is a mercenary. Um, she has magical powers and a mysterious past. Yes, it's not. It's only mysterious to other people. She knows what her past is. She's just like, but it's it's dangerous if I let other people know because. Yeah. Also, the reader reasons. doesn't really know about it either. Cause yeah, because she's like, I don't want to tell you, reader. You might be a spy. <laughs> you might jump through the pages and just rip out my throat. Nah, I think we would more we would more likely rip like go after Koran and say you dumbass. I mean, shake yeah. him down. Be like, treat treat people with respect, man. Yeah, he's he yeah. So Koran is the Beast Lord, and one thing that I really like about this series is that. Um, so basically, it has shapeshifters. Yay. Um, but the shapeshifters aren't just werewolves, like many fantasy books or urban fantasy. Yeah. They are lots and lots of different creatures. Because, so backing it up, what happened in the world is that long time ago, magic was existed, and then technology started being like, nah, magic's not real. And then at some point... Um, magic, magic was like underneath the surface, being like I'm hiding and I'm going yes. to, I'm going to come back. It was very nefarious, and um, so it basically hit the earth, and now magic is real again, but it comes in waves. So it's like a post-apocalyptic world semi where the apocalypse was shit. Magic's real. Yeah, and and it destroyed a bunch of skyscrapers and stuff like that. Yeah, and like technology. Um, and so sometimes, and, and the, the idea is like eventually magic is going to totally take over again, but right now it's kind of like there's aftershocks. Um, so then sometimes magic is like, I'm here, what up? And other times technology is like, no, I'm coming back. <laughs> and they're just waves. So sometimes they'll be like, ah, oh, yeah. the wave's here. I can drive my car. And then the magic waves hit and they're like, ah, oh, mother shit. Yeah, that's that's one of the cool things that I really like about the series, how like there's this interaction between the disparate magic and technology and how the people have to adapt to a world that's constantly in flux. Yeah. You know. And yeah, back to the shapeshifters. So they're not just wolves, so there's um there's lions, there's tigers, there's um hyenas and bears and rats. Because you were like lions, tigers, and then skipped over to... <laughs> I was trying not to be cliche, but fine. Fine. We'll just do that. <laughs> um, and I like that because uh, sometimes I kind of get irritated with, like, werewolves. We're just going to have the same werewolf culture in every single book about werewolves and not question it. And this is totally how it works. Yeah. Um, oh, God. Yeah. You know the study about the, the initial study about wolves. Yeah, came out and was like, yeah, I for I fake these as wolves. Yeah, well, he he like he was like so we're talking about um, the concept of the alpha wolf and how it's not actually real in in science. Um, so he he was he was like, oh, I'm I'm gonna look at these wolves, and he noticed there was one that seemed to be on top of everybody else, and he's like, ah, I will publish this book and make it real. And then yeah. he continued his studies, and then he was like, ah, sh- Nikes, I was wrong. Yeah. And apparently, like, went back and tried to, like, retract everything, but it was already popular in culture. Yeah. And- I feel like, um, so let's, let's further 
for people who may not be familiar with this in urban fantasy novels, like urban fantasy novels have they're a very set trope where the werewolves are like, we have to have the alpha wolf, there's beta wolves. Yeah. And one of my favorite authors has this and it's fine, but it's, it's not actually based on real science, so. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's fantasy, so that's okay, but, it's, it's fantasy. you know. Yeah, and the study, but um, part of me also feels like it kind of works ironically, because in the study of the wolves, he realized that they don't, the result of the alpha pack thing happens as a result of wolves in captivity. Oh, shit. That. Yeah. So naturally occurring wolves have like an actual family structure, but um, wolves in captivity might adopt the alpha system because they're all wolves from different packs being forced together. Interesting. So I think ironically, knowing that and with you know the werewolf, how the werewolf trends happen in fantasy, they pulled it from a false fact, but then it ended up kind of becoming slightly more true. But I also, I also feel like a lot of the werewolf tropes sort of reinforce toxic masculinity. Yeah, that's true. Like, like, and, and hey, we're, there has to be one werewolf on top, and we have to murder each other, and it's just like, no, stop. And, and especially with, like, the ones where, like, it can only be a man. And you're like, no, that's not really biologically how werewolves work. Or, I mean, how wolves work. Sorry. <laughs> werewolves yeah. don't exist. Just, just, I'm just going to throw this out there. Or do they? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, um, we're talking hypothetically about... Anyway, but, like, real wolves, that's not really the case. Um, I thought that, like, the family structure, they're just, like, whoever loves each other the most kind of gets the most social standing in wolf packs. Like, I groom you a lot. And so people decide that they, or other wolves decide that they want to. I'm just imagining this <laughs> translating into an urban fantasy novel. Yes, I'm going to groom you. So now you have to like. Wouldn't, wouldn't that just be like Mama Wolf is, is, like Power Wolf? Right, because she like grooms all the children. Yeah. Yeah. So werewolves biologically perhaps might actually be a matriarchal society. Just. Yeah. Um, so um, that 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 is a is a writing prompt. I'm just gonna throw out there, people. Just do it. Make it happen. Make your werewolves awesome. a matriarchal society. Yeah. So uh, so we got totally off track. We did, um, but that's okay. This, this is obviously a subject that we feel very passionate. about. Very passionately. Yeah, because werewolves come up in urban fantasy a lot. They're very very common. Yeah. Um, so now that we've basically expunged all the different tropes regarding werewolves and how they may or may not be inverted in uh, the Kate Daniels series. Did I not write that down? I mean, kind of, well, they have different... So, so it's, it's different. They have di- So they have different tribes, and like they have a rat pack and a hyena pack, and the rat pack and the hyena pack, the culture of those packs is more like hyenas in the wild and like rats in the wild yeah because the alpha of the clan buddha the hyena clan is a woman yeah and it's always a lady because in in the wild hyenas they're like yep always a lady that's how it works we could explain why but i would go into a little bit more about plus i would i would i would have to like oh (laughs) right (laughs) hyena anatomy is fascinating but but we'll, we'll leave that 
Yeah, we'll, we'll leave that to another time. Maybe Perhaps. your imagination. Or yes. to never, yeah. So Can't they just, like, bite off? Is it, was it they have, like, the lady? We brought it up. We have to bring it up. So, hy- like, hyenas, can't they, like, chew off the male hyena's dicks or something? See, that's not what I was thinking about. Oh, what were I you was, thinking about? I was thinking about that uh, hyenas, um, lady hyenas, hymens, or, hy- hy- or vaginas can get erect and basically act like penises or something like that. It's, I have to read this now because I swear that I've read this where they like, yeah, so the, yeah, they have a, yes, they have a clitoris that resembles a penis. <laughs> Early naturalists believed that there was no such thing as female hyenas. How do those species <laughs> reproduce? Okay. Okay. They, they don't exist. Well, okay, there's lots of species where there are only... They're a gender species, right? So, yeah. I mean, it works with, yeah. Anyways, let's go back to um, some of the other series by Alona Andrews. I think we've talked enough about <laughs> about <laughs> yeah, Tiny Clit. The series is really good, by the way, and there's not that uh, <laughs> they don't talk as much about biology as we do, but um, it's a Miss former biology major. Yeah. So, another series that Alona Andrews has is the Innkeeper Chronicles, and the, the first book is called Clean Sweep. Um, I have not read this series. I started reading it, and then, like, life punched me. But I do As want life to, does. Yes. I do want to read more. So, tell me about this. So, I have two words for you. Space vampires. Ooh. Vampires from outer space. And they're, they actually also have werewolves from outer space. Um... But in spite of the outer space theme, it definitely reads more like urban fantasy than a um, space th- fantasy. Than, well, than than uh, than science fiction, because I think most people are like, it's outer space. It's code that like that's in- instant code for science fiction. If it has to do with the planets and stars, it's science fiction. I there it is. But it know, doesn't really read like that. You know, I think there's actually, like, a space fic fantasy genre. Like Star Wars? Well, they, yes. They call it a space opera, right? No, no, there's, like, a different space fantasy genre. It's, okay. um, I actually read up about it because there was this book series I read when I was younger uh, that focused on a unicorn from, a space unicorn. Space unicorn. Yeah. Flying through the sky. Yeah, no, no, there's actually a book series um, by Anne McCaffrey. I, I believe it was Anne McCaffrey. And I'm, I'm singing an actual song, Space Unicorn. Look it up. It's amazing. Um, yeah, okay. But yeah, I think there's actually like a space fan. It's not like well pop, a well-popularized genre because most people in publishing these days tend to say we have to publish under very specific genres because we want to sell money and actually want to have our book sell. What? Selling books. It's a market thing. Um, That makes sense. Yeah. So, Um, do do tell more about this. Okay, so the main character, Dinah, I think it's pronounced Dinah, um, D-I-N-A, kind of like dinosaur, but... Probably not Dina. Yeah, Dina, I 
I honestly don't know. I've never met anyone with this name, so it's... I'm assuming this is how it's pronounced, but sh- she's she's an innkeeper, but not just like a, you know, an, a normal innkeeper. She's like this kind of species of human that has the ability to sort of merge with these things called inns, which are waste like space way stations mm-hmm. so she ha- she finds an old dilapidated inn that um, hasn't had an innkeeper for a really long time and she starts like changing it up and like kind of using her magic to make it more like a like an inn so her magic involves like um, creating rooms just suited for very specific people when they mm-hmm. come visit um, and there's also space vampires and space werewolves. And, yes, um, sounds very intriguing. And things I really like about this series is that it's very unique world. Um, the in, the concept of innkeeper magic is very unique to me. Like I don't think I've ever read any other book where they're just like, okay, except for Harry Potter, um, <laughs> where they're just like, I have the ability to manipulate. The room I'm in, um, but it, that, it's, it's still different from how Harry Potter works. I feel like it is actually like a extension of the whole witch idea where they have a place of their own. Maybe. Because, you know, there's a lot of um, stories in fantasy and, you know, old folklore mm-hmm. where there's like a witch yeah. in a cottage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, okay. you know, they have their place yeah. that is their domain. Kind of thing. And it follows the rules of um, conservation of mass. Yeah. So, I mean, like, this particular inn also falls, like, she has to feed it things sometimes so that Ah. it can grow. Like, if it's, she, she, I think she had to, like, send people out on a shopping trip and bring back a lot of wood and then, like, fed it in. And the inn kind of consumed it and it's like, aha, I'm full now. Um, Yeah, and the... The main character also feels really different from a lot of urban fantasy stuff. Because she's not, like, she's not a gun toter. She doesn't run around and, like, my weapon of choice is murder. She's, <laughs> she's like, my yes. weapon of choice is murder. She's like, okay, you will sit in my inn and you will be comfortable, goddammit. That is my, like, that is my job and my job is to make sure you're comfortable and happy and then it's when people come around and are like i want to mess with your in with the people in your inn she's like you're not going to because i'm the innkeeper and it's my sacred duty to protect them that sounds it's definitely not like a lot of her other protagonists yeah um so oh and and the other the other thing that i really like is that um Unlike any of her other books, she was releasing this story on a weekly basis, like mm. a, ch- a ch- chapter basis, by, like weekly, week by week. Um, and that was really fun to be like, here's a chapter, next week, read the next chapter. Oh, yeah. And it was also fun because like uh, you could see what other people were commenting on the chapter. So some people were doing like that, I'm the first one to comment, you're like, ah. 90s. He's adorable. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but 
but it was it was fun because the, they were a simpler time, um, uh, and it was yes. it was like you got to interact with other members of the community, and it was I really enjoyed that and like seeing how other people thought about the chapter. They're like, oh, I love this part and I love this part, and it's always basically just people being like, yeah, I love this, and you're like, ah. The internet has a place where there's positive comments for once. <laughs> what is going on? So I really like that. And then and that, you know, it's not just about, I guess, the story, but um, it's also about the, how people interact with the story. And it was kind of fun to see, like, mm-hmm. people doing that. And I think one week they had, she, they had like, a, a post about, like, these are the people I would cast as the characters if I was doing this as a movie. And it was, I like, remember, really fun. Yeah, that was fun. Um, so it was... It was a, not just a unique uh, world or unique magic or unique character, but it was like a unique um, format. Yeah, it was a unique format and a unique interaction yeah. um, that doesn't happen that often with books and with e- even even in the world of Facebook and Twitter, like people are interacting with the authors all the time now. I guess. Yeah. Um, but this felt more personal because it was on the blog and not mm-hmm. like. Not like on Twitter, Twitter, which is just uh, Twitter. Um, yeah, so they re- they're apparently upgrading their character limit. Yeah, I don't want to get into that. Um, yeah, but that was what I liked about it. Hidden Legacy. Tell uh, me more. Yes. So Hidden Legacy um, is another series by Lona Andrews, and currently is the only series which is. Uh, shelved in the romance section. I feel like this is an interesting choice because, um, like I mentioned earlier, a lot of romance series, they don't, um, they'll do this thing where they set up a world and then every novel basically focuses on a different character because they want to get that whole, oh yeah, let's do this whole fairy romance stuff. Um, So The Hidden Legacy doesn't do that. It actually... Three books follows one couple. Yeah, that's 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 interesting. Yeah, um, so um, a hidden legacy follows um, Nevada. Her name's Nevada. Yes. And her potent her love interest is this great is this uh, Rogan, otherwise known as Mad Rogan, and the world in this one seems like. There's all this hierarchy stuff. Yeah, there's like extreme fascism. Extreme magical hierarchy with the yeah. primes and with this sort of separation between like caste system, caste and, cl- and you know class warfare, um, which doesn't really because because there's primes and there's like so it's based off of magic, right? Like who has the most magic? Yes, blood and who has it's you know basically magical royalty. Um, so Nevada is a, um, a detective, but she's like a, no, she's like a private investigator, and um, she comes across, she comes across his path with Mad Rogan because they're investigating something. It is interesting. Like, they're investigating something. No spoilers. <laughs> yeah. We um, don't want to tell you because it's spoilers. It's not because we forgot what happened. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, the the particulars of what they were investigating. Um, very, you'll find out if you read it. Yes. So, and her magic is interesting because most of the other characters who are have 
magic in Alone in Andrew's books. It's very destructive. Like, Kate has uh, this magic that she doesn't use for a good, like, four books, at least. Oh, yeah. But it'll fuck you up. Yeah. Yeah, don't cross her magic. Don't. So, um, Nevada's interesting because her magic mostly focuses on getting the truth from people. She's like Wonder Woman! Ah! <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Ah, oh, yes. And, you know, sometimes the truth can hurt. Uh, so there's that. It, it's interesting because, like, like, a lot of the other books, um, talk about family loyalty. Like, the, like in Alona Andrews, there is this whole pack mentality. There, you mean, well, you yeah, mean the Kate Daniels? The, the Kate Daniels. There's pack mentality, there's found family, and there's the family that you were born with, problem, blah, blah, blah. So um, in Hidden Legacy, there's a lot of stuff about uh, the differences between um, family that you grow up with and family that you make. Like, Rogan's family, fuck those guys. <laughs> what I also think is this is basically like the only, the only series of hers that has... That, like, the main character is actually, like, firmly embedded in her family. Yes. Like, her biological family. Like, Kate Daniels, no. Uh, in the Innkeeper Chronicles, like, no. She's not firmly embedded in them. Um, the or... Edge series has a little bit of family stuff in it. Like, in the first one, On the Edge, um, the main character, the protagonist in that, is very loyally bound to her um, her two little brothers and to her grandma and to their, you know, corpse grandpa. Actually a corpse. We're not we're not saying like her grandfather is corpsey. He's actually No, no, a corpse. he's act- it's we're not we're not saying n- there's necromancy here. in this book. Um, and you know, Bayou Moon, there's this whole family thing going on where there's this family that lives in the middle of the bayou because everyone else is like you guys are fucking weird and they're like uh no fuck you yeah that's that's the book (laughs) they go back and forth (laughs) you fuck you until they're like oh yeah good idea (laughs) (laughs) yeah um faith's edge and steel's edge not so much but um the first at least the first two there's like a definitely a strong family um thing so what I think is interesting about the hidden legacy is ne- the word Nevada means snowed on. I think it's like Nevada. It's like nieve is like snow. So mm-hmm. Nevada is like it's got snow on it, basically. Um, and the first book is called Burn For Me. So it's very playing like it's a very small play into like ice versus that's Fire. hilarious, because the second book has a whole bunch of ice stuff. And is this one white hot? White hot, yeah. Yeah, so there's ice and there's fire, and um, they kind of casually have that without throwing it in your face. Yeah, the third book is like wildfire. I haven't read it yet. I guess they are. Yeah. Um, so what do we love about Alona Andrews, other than the stuff we already said? Um, her action... Is amazing. Like the pacing, it's always like, oh shit, something's ah, happening. Shit, something's happening. Ah! Yeah. And then you're like, oh, oh god, okay, phew. And then you're like, no, it's happening again. Ah! Like, <laughs> ah! that's this is 
It's very intense. That's yeah, just... when I'm reading the books and, and, and Briar's nearby, she's like, can you just, like, be quiet? Like, because I'll be like, oh, no! And then I'm like, oh, oh, no! Yeah. Just out loud. It's like, okay, I get it. It's very exciting. <laughs> like, there's, in spite of having only read the first book of The Hidden Legacy, like, there's definitely some moments where my heart just fucking drops. I'm just, like, it's oh, crazy. God. Yeah. Like, it just stopped beating for a moment because there was something that happened. I was just like, oh. Holy shit. Oh. Oh, my. Holy. And, like, had to be resuscitated. But, yeah. Um, th- and I guess I really like um, how the introspection of their main characters. So um, this is more of a thing with the Kate Daniels series and the Hidden Legacy I don't know about the innkeeper because I haven't read that much of that yet. But um, since these are first person, they're they're spoken from first person. There's a lot of uh, you're in the mind of the main character a lot, and I really like how um, the mental, fu- you know, the mental track, you know, fireworks, fireworks and, and like stuff, how it follows their mind tracks in a very concise way, and it feels human at, while also conveying information. Um, the world building. The world building, yeah. I really like. In the Edge novels, the description of the interaction between traveling between those other worlds, like, and how people who live on the Edge are afraid of going into the magic world because you do have to have a very strong magic to go through. Like, um, in fact, people who are so strong in magic, it's very hard for them to get into the mundane world without fucking dying. Um, yep. Because of how it robs them of basically their life force. Uh, yeah, so what are things potentially... This is the hard part. What are things that we don't particularly like about some of the books? Um, oh, boy, okay. Well, there's... Oh man, I don't have any books. How can I, like... I feel bad because, like... Okay, well, I'll just get into it. Um, so this is... I'll start with something that... It's not necessarily something I don't like, but it's something that I think is interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll ease into it. Um, is that I feel like a lot of the characters are very similar. So, like, when you go to Kate Daniels versus Curran, and then you go to the Hidden Legacy novel, they're very similar. Um, and, like, ex-military and, like, you know, smart lady that fires guns and things like that. Um, so I think it's interesting. It's not necessarily a bad thing because obviously it's working. Like it's a still, format. That yeah. It's still wor- like, we're still reading the books and still enjoying them. Like, yeah. and there's plenty of people that are still reading it. So it's kind of like, oh yeah, they're kind of similar, but you know, maybe they're similar because that's what people want to read. But, um, I was kind of like looking into the author's. And I was looking at their bios, and I was like, oh, the, the husband is ex-military. <laughs> so then I was like, oh, then, then that makes it like, <laughs> each book is kind of like a love letter to each other. And oh, that makes cute. it really sweet. I yeah. Mean, you can also interpret it as Mary suing. But there's this, I, th- I prefer to think of it as like love letters Yeah, have you? Other. Have you read the um, side story of 
the magic bites bit where Karan is introduced and it's from his perspective. Probably. Yeah. So that one's really funny because um uh in you know, when you read Magic Bites the first time, you're very entrenched in Kate's perspective of how the world works. And then you have this little short story of their first meeting from Karan's perspective, and it feels almost like a different world. Because, you know, the way he see I like how, you know, we can see the world so differently just from going to another character's perspective. Um, I especially like the part where, you know, she's like, here, kitty, kitty, kitty. Oh. <laughs> and yeah. is like, I'm going to fucking call her. <laughs> call me a kitty, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. Um, so. Wait, wait. There's, there's another thing, like, um, I, so I, I only read the first book of the Hidden Legacy novel because Count Rogan pisses me off so much. Ah, uh, yes. Like, he's... Mad Rogan. He's terrible. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's no, there's, like, he's intentionally a terrible human being. Like, it's not, it's not like they're like, oh, no... He's nice. He's secretly good. He's like actually written like a horrible human being. And for me it's very difficult to be like, oh, love's going to change him. Like, See, cuz the second book gets into a little bit more of that oh, he's actually like somewhat of a decent person except not really. Like they it it goes into this whole he's not it's not so much that he's like intentionally an asshole it's so much that he's a broken man oh no no ah ah no (laughs) my brain hurts um yeah i i really dislike that um and i feel like (laughs) this this is not this is not just something that happens in urban fantasy this happens like all across all of literature forever and ever um but there's this trope about, like, you know, there's this guy who's, like, mean and terrible, but, like, love will change him into a wonderful person eventually, and there's a lot of stories that are around this, um, notably Fifty Shades of Grey is about this. Uh, the, does he... Uh, yes, no, the end of the last book, I guess, like, he turns into a nice person because love changed him. I mean, he's terrible for the first two books and most of the first third one. I haven't read this. This is just what? based off synopses okay. that I've read. Okay. So, like, like, su- so supposedly love is supposed to change him into like a nice, decent human being. And this is terrible because I feel like a lot of times people use this as justification for being a terrible human being because they're like, oh, if I, if I only find love then I will become a good person. It's like, nah, dude, you gotta be a good person first and then find love. Like, you yeah, can't, you no can't, one likes you when you're an asshole. No, and, and, um, you and have so, to work at being a good person. Yeah, you have to work at good, being a good person. And perhaps, like, he's gonna change, but it's just, it, it happens so often in books that this, there's like a terrible, mean person. And he decides that he's obsessed with this girl and, like, gets really possessive and, like, gives her flowers and things like that. And he's like, I don't understand. I gave you flowers. You have to like me now. Um, And, yeah, and Count Rogan does that. And 
Uh, I feel like he's Mad Rogan. Not, he's not a count. <laughs> I know. Is it because you're like, he's like an evil, sexy vampire man who's... Oh. Maybe that's why. I just keep thinking he's a count. <laughs> <laughs> I want to love you. No, that's terrible. I'm sorry. I want to delete that. Um, <laughs> I don't know. He, I, he's terrible. Isn't he also... But he's royalty, right? Like, he's um, also royalty. It, I mean, the way that royalty works in this world is kind of... He's not a count. Okay. You know, there's there's no there's no royalty, per se. There's just people who are of high... It's more like nobility. Yeah. But anyway, he does a lot of... Technically, there is, like, an elected council. Okay. But... But they're kind of figurehead. Elected. They're kind of figurehead. And it's democracy just so that you think there's a democracy. We're yeah, just faking it's it. Not, it's not royalty so much as oligarchy. Okay. Is that what, is that what, what that's, the, Yeah, the rich. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's something that I have very difficult time with with this series is I'm like, I don't ever want to be in a position where I'm forced to like this character because they're terrible and, <laughs> like... Straight on, like just messed up. He does. He does some pretty messed up stuff. So, how would you differentiate him from Karan? Because you that's said that also some, like, well, I feel like Karan has like this concept of duty. Like, I actually, I actually have been thinking about this. I'm like, was Karan this bad when I read the first book, and I don't remember. And I'm just like, did did I just read the first book like so long ago that I forgot that he was bad and then he starts becoming better? He did break into Kate's house. Right. So, and that's messed up, right? He so, broke into her house and put a whole bunch of presents in there because that was pack, like, romance culture. And in that case, though, like, I still don't like it, but... Also, she dated a different guy for like two books. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah. Yeah, she had she was dating some guy who wasn't magical and I can't remember his name, but it didn't work out and she was like, "Yeah, nothing working out." He's like, "Eh." He he was definitely like a disposable love interest where we never talk about him ever again. That's fine. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think And, you know, there was that time where she was going on a date with Simon. Yeah. And and this was before she and Karan started dating. Um, but Karan was like... Right, but and and this is, this is kind of what I'm talking about when I feel like a lot of the way that they talk about werewolves sort of legitimizes a lot of toxic masculine behavior. Yeah. So, like, you shouldn't break into people's houses. That's bad. Don't break it. Even if it's even if it's to give presents, that's bad. And like what 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 you said was like, oh, it, but it's it's part of pack culture. I'm supposed to be like, oh, it's just their culture, you yeah, know? No, it, it it's um, like Kate is like, what the fuck? Right, right. Um, but like Re- reasonably. But 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 urban fantasy is kind of like 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 with old books. Um, it's sort of a reflection of our own culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you have things like, oh, well, he did it because it's his culture, um, you have to be like, hey, con- whoa. Th- th- there's a lot of ways that we talk about that, like guys yeah. doing stuff like this too. And we're like, oh, he did it. 
because he loves her so much. And I was like, it's not a good excuse. It's not a good excuse. I think specifically Karan did it not just because he's like the beast lord or whatever, because he also wanted to piss Kate off a little bit. And that's that's not like healthy. That's not not healthy. healthy. I mean, I I guess, you know, don't get your romance advice from from these books. Uh, At least the not the first ten or so. Um, but, but first, first five. First five. Okay. D- that's not. Don't break into people's houses to leave them presents. Um, don't do it. Don't buy their businesses. I, don't purchase their businesses from them without their knowing. Yeah, that happens in Hidden Legacy too. Don't do it. It's very rude and manipulative. And it's it's not like you're not supposed to date your boss anyway. Like, come on. Everyone knows this. Yeah. The power imbalance. Don't do it. So this is, I think, this is like the only thing that I can really think of that, and this isn't just, this isn't just Alona Andrews. This happens in many, many books. Many, so many books. Um, it happens a lot in urban fantasy, but it happens a lot of books that are not urban fantasy as well. So, um, yeah, that is, that is the one thing I don't like. Just like, I feel like the... And and that's that's part of why I like the idea of that there's so many different packs and there's so many different concepts of the culture in the pack because you're not um, you're not strung to this this one culture that you'd be like oh well that's how their culture their how how pack culture is you have to do it that way um, whereas like no that's that's only one pack culture like mm-hmm. you could look at this other pack culture and and see that they do it a different way and. Yeah, so that's the only, the only thing I don't like is that there's aspects which feed into our um, societal concept of relationships that is unhealthy. That's all. All right, so let's close up. So I. I already said a prompt, which was yeah, you did. I did. Let's, I, let's so I'll, re, I'll revisit revisit that prompt. That prompt was matriarchal werewolves. Let's do it. Werewolves based off of grooming. <laughs> so hairdresser werewolves. Hairdresser werewolves. Is that, is however, that? however you choose to interpret matriarchal. Werewolves based off of grooming. Should it be hairdressing or should it be like fashion or should it be like just like literally licking people's faces? Like go wild. But I did have another one prepared for today. Oh, okay. It was space mermaids. Ooh. If there get to be space werewolves and space vampires, I want space mermaids. So like exploring deep space. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the, there's would, Star Trek has would they, ships. Would they be like the space whales? Um, well, the space whales we don't see that much of. So, like, they, they're in. You're referring to Star Trek Four. I'm actually not. I'm referring. I'm referring to. Um... Oh shit! There's more space whale. Yeah, space whale is actually a thing <laughs> this in is... in um, um, sci-fi. Are you okay? Okay, it's not Star Trek Four, is it? Instead, um, like that Hitchhiker's been... Guide to the Galaxy. I was thinking that, and I was also thinking of Doctor Who. Okay, I don't, I don't remember space whales in Doctor Who. Yeah, you you gave up before yeah. then, which is fair. Um, but anyway, I have no 
I have no response for if they would be like space whales because I don't know enough about space whales. So it's up to you. Make space mermaids. Write them down. Have fun. And we're signing out now. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to this episode of Street Sound Buffet. If you are interested in checking in with us on social media, we do have a Facebook page. It's S-T-R-E-E-T-S-A-V-O-I-R-F-A-E, Street Sound Buffet, on Facebook. And we are on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. And if you'd like to find out more about the topics that we discussed, I included... Uh, links to the sources so if you're curious about reading more Elona Andrews or about you know dangly hyena clips feel free to check out the links